Hi friend, welcome to a new episode of Empowered Connections. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm Missy. I'm a registered nurse. I'm a soul coach, a social media creator, an intuitive healer, and a Reiki practitioner. My intention for creating this podcast is to create an opportunity to provide content that inspires, empowers, encourages, and uplifts people. And I'm really excited you're here. On today's episode, I have a special co-host whom I met exactly one year ago today, coincidentally, or synchronicitatively. My co-host is psychic medium John Edwards, who a year ago uh, today on 6-22-21, I posted a video on TikTok um, about uh, how Mercury, I thought Mercury had gone out of limeade, um, but here we are still doing dumb things, and I had worn my slippers out of the house. And, um, and it was just like an exasperation post. And I'm, I make a lot of those. If you follow me on TikTok, that nurse Missy, you know, I make a lot of exasperation posts, especially in the car, because that's where a lot of it happens because I live in Atlanta and that's all you need to know. It's hot here. There's a lot of people and a lot of traffic. Um, so I had made this video because I had worn my slippers out of the house and I was not going back to the house to change my shoes. Um, And uh, John saw it and commented on it. And I was, you know, I was surprised. Um, I had been on TikTok at that time about a year. And every once in a while, you know, you'd see verified accounts or celebrities, you know, follow you or or comment and stuff. And but this one really just kind of hit different because, um, well, for lots of reasons, but also because I, I am in the spiritual community, the metaphysical community as well. And so, um, so, of course, I, I he, you know, he friended me, and, of course, I friended him right back because um, I did not know that John Edwards was on TikTok at that time. But, look, it was COVID. We were all on TikTok. What can we say? Um, so, that's how we connected was that video that I posted on 6 and then here it is a year later, and so much has happened since then. Uh, we became uh, good friends uh, online, and then he actually came and did a show um, uh, and met him finally in person a few months ago when he came and did a show in Atlanta. By the way, if you ever have a chance to see him in person, do so. Absolutely do so. It was a really beautiful evening. Um, got to meet him and his assistant cat. Oh my God. They're just, they're just great. They're just great people. Good fun. Um, but he's just, like I said, become a, a, a dear friend, a really great friend. Um, and he, I was actually on, you know, so he has a, web community on online community via through his website um that you can join and so he does um I don't know if he does a monthly but they are uh he has live you know where he does video that he puts out to his community to his subscription service uh community and I was a guest on one of those um in January and he introduced me to his community which man that was just like wow that was that was awesome to be you know that's an honor especially cuz you know when you have these online communities you don't just bring anybody home to meet mama you know what i mean so that was um, really special for me. And we talked about how we had met and how how we came to um 
become good friends. There was a series of events that it was just obviously the universe had made sure we we found each other in that time and and that we were meant to to uh, to meet at that time and and develop this great friendship. So, without further ado, I'm so excited to have this time with him um, and introduce my community to John. And so, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, John. Welcome to Connections. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here on our friendiversary. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Happy one year. Yes. Happy one year. Um, I just want to keep it light. And I thought maybe we would just go ahead and dive right into um, humanity and the fall of man. <laughs> Let's do something very light like that first. And then let's get into the deeper stuff. If we have time, you know, <laughs> if, <laughs> if we have time. So when I asked you, I was like, hey, John, will you come hang out with me on the podcast? You were like, sure. And I said, you know, is, is there anything specific that you would like to talk about? And you said, humanity. So here we are. And there's so much we can dive into. Um is there anything specific? I mean, my goodness, there's so much to talk about. I mean, do we want to just pick something randomly? Well, I think the first thing that I would say is I think we should have all the listeners go watch the movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I think that's the first thing I would say to people, to have some type of benchmark mm -hmm. of like, how do you... Where, where do we slice this cake, right? So if we were at somebody's birthday party and, you know, you got the frozen ice cream cake coming out of the freezer and there's a whole bunch of hungry kids that want slices, you got to figure out how are we going to cut it? And everybody's got their own opinion on how to, how to slice that cake. Somebody's going to say, slice it across and then make little slices. Somebody's going to say, put a circle in the middle, then slice around it. Somebody's going to say, wait, before you do it, we should let it thaw out. And then somebody else is going to say, hold on a second, get a glass of hot water and put the knife in it so it becomes easier. And that's just about slicing a cake. So I think. Hey, John, can we, I feel like we need to come back to that. If we have time, I want to circle back to how you know so much about cake. <laughs> I come from a very large town family. Oh, well, we know. bada boom, bada bing. There you go. But when you said cuts a circle in the center, that was just wrong. That made me think sociopath. Well, if you have a round cake. Yeah. And you actually cut a circle in the middle. Like if you just literally do that, it makes your slices easier to go quickly around the table. Oh, that it. Well, okay. Well, and that concludes this episode of Empowered. <laughs> I need to go get a cake right now. Let's do that. That's amazing. Okay. So where, okay. That's an amazing analogy. Where would you like to slide? Where would you feel like we need to start? Well, if we, if we looked at the movie Everything Everywhere, have you seen? You've seen it, right? You've seen that. I think I, I think I saw you say that you saw it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you watch this film, and even if you haven't watched this film, go watch it. It it really shows a regular family, yeah. of which everybody is a regular family with regular issues, with regular patterns and traditions that are handed down, mm. with regular issues that have been given to us and like here you go and then some that get developed that that get developed that wind up contrasting in a very um in somewhat um 
embarrassing way for the mom or what she might have thought her father would have thought about the daughter. But ultimately, by the end of it, it's about kindness. So I think that the first place we can start is by being kind. Um, I don't think people are, I think people are so coming from the place of wanting to be funny or wanting to be witty that sometimes they don't realize that a greater motivation is just to be kind and to be nice. And that when people are legitimately being kind or nice, sometimes people look at them like, is that real? Like, yeah. is that, a, or is that, is that like a gimmick? Like, is that a thing? Is that, is that their shtick? And I was like, wow, look how jaded people are. Yeah, they, they question, you know, have become the society where we question everybody's motive. We all, we tend to believe that there is an agenda behind, okay, well, you're being nice to me. Why? What do you want from me? That happened. And I don't, I, and I don't, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with being a critical thinker, right? I think that that helps us to be protected. But mm -hmm. I think that we can also come from a place of being um, appreciative of someone's energy or where somebody's like coming from. When I, when I was doing the, the television show Crossing Over, I really wasn't comfortable being on camera. I'm still not comfortable being on camera. I don't like the attention. And when I would end the show with the message, the wrap up, the thanks for watching, you know, the easy part for me was saying what I would say at the end of all my live events, which was, you know, to communicate, appreciate and validate the loved ones and friends in your life. So a medium like myself doesn't have to do it for you. Mm. The hard part about it for me was looking Oh, I lost you. Is there off? Are oh, you there? There I am. Here we are. Can you hear me? Is that Mercury? I can hear. Um, is that Mercury? Mercury? I don't know what that is. All, all my. Oh, 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 it's a spirit join us. Did spirit have something to say? <laughs> no, my, my phone started like playing, which I don't know how that's possible because I'm on it and it's on do not disturb. That's interesting. Is it a message? Is it my grandmother? I'm just kidding. I'm just um, so sorry. Um, validate and what for your loved ones while they're still here so I don't have to do it. What would you say? Validate. So the end of all my events would always end with, don't forget to communicate, appreciate, and validate your loved ones and friends. So a medium like myself doesn't have to do it for you. And then there was this, you know, pause where you're supposed to like look at the camera and like, you know, connect with your audience at home. And I, I would do that. And then I would like walk off. And then um, a friend of mine who's an actress literally said to me, do you like hate your audience? And I was like, I went, no. I go, why would you say that? She goes, because you're being disrespectful to us. We're actually watching you. And then you're just like walking off the show. She's like, take a moment. And when they clap, stand there and allow that. And I don't know about you, know, you but I have a hard time with accepting gratitude. Like if someone wants to be nice to me or if they're being like, you know, if they're being very giving, I don't look at it from a place of like, what's their agenda? I actually get uncomfortable. It makes me like, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. The, the receiving part of it is sometimes very difficult for me to this day. Like if I'm doing an event and I'm standing on stage and at the end of the event, people like, you know, stand up and applause, like, you know, I kind of like, like nod and smile. And I have to always remember my friend Lucy going, um, yeah, no, stand there and give them that moment to say thank you. So I would say that part of being kind is also giving other people the space to communicate their gratitude to you in the same way. So, you know, part one could be like not looking for an agenda and allowing. 
But part two could be giving yourself permission to receive something um, that maybe you weren't expecting you would get because we're living in this world that's so jaded. I have so many clients that are givers, but when it comes to taking, they're extremely uncomfortable or they simply don't know how. And I tell people, look, when you give, you do that because you love doing it. You enjoy it. They're like, yeah, of course I love to give. And I tell them, okay, so when, when you don't allow another person to give them of that gift and they go, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cause when we don't receive, if I don't allow you to give to me, I've denied you that opportunity and that gift. Cause we love to give, we love to, so yeah, we deny people that opportunity and I, yeah, I'm with you giving and taking. It has to be reciprocal. This and and now I've gone to a different place. Like I go to a place of like when somebody is generous and in that way and when it moves me, right? Like you did not have to give me a little fell Jesus when we met in person, but you did. And now he, as I think I sent you a photo, he comes with me everywhere I go when I'm traveling. Yeah. And, and it's really funny because, you know, people would look at me and be like, why are you carrying that? And I'm like, why am I carrying what? It's like, I didn't know you to be such a, you know, like a, a Jesus guy. I'm like, you know, am I a Jesus guy or am I an appreciative guy? Am I a, an appreciative Jesus guy? And why do I have to label it? I said, a friend gave that to me as a reminder. Maybe it's symbolic of my friendship. I went down like a laundry list of what, the, what it could possibly be. And then when the person got done, they went, okay, you're like, whatever. I made them uncomfortable for questioning why it was there. <clears throat> That's very interesting. Yeah. Cause it is symbolic. Yeah. It can totally be symbolic. Okay. So that's the second thing. So for it's allowing, it's that permission, which, you know, these me, what I feel like when I feel that in my body, when I look at it energetically, it's, it's energetic. It's an allowance. It's a surrendering. It's a, when we grant that permission to receive, it's almost like a let me receive, let me, let me surrender to this moment. And I think sometimes we have difficulty with the surrender. Does that energetically, does that feel, how does that feel to you to move into space? Do you know what I'm saying? Of I like do. I do. I'm, I'm not a fan of the word surrender. Um, and, and, and that's a, that's a personal thing, not a professional thing. Cause I feel like when I'm surrendering, I'm giving up control. And I think that there are places that we have to surrender. Right. So when I sit down to do a reading, the most controlling person on the planet, like when it comes to like organization and details, I think is me. And then I get into the world of what I do, which mm -hmm. I can't control. Like I just have to be in the receiving mode. I just have to wait to see what's given to me. I have to allow the process to happen and completely surrender. So for me, my job is surrendering to the higher process and then not getting in the way of it while delivering the message. And so I, doing that, you're still uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Why After do you 30s? after 37 years of doing it, because I think that there's a, um, a, you know, I mean, I think there is a personal side to the professional me and the, the personal me is always about wanting to make sure like I'm leaving that person better than I find them. I'm, I, I want to make sure that I'm more accurate than I was yesterday. Like all of the me issues on our personal side, you know, fears and concerns and all of that kind of fall into the into the process into the mix right into the batter if we're going back to the cake analogy and then every time i sit down to bake that cake um and frost that cake it's not really up to me about what kind of cake it is like yeah. i don't know i don't know what i'm baking 
you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a great cake. I would eat a slice of this. And sometimes I'd be like, mm, no, not for me. But I still have to surrender to the process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talking about humanity, talking about kindness, talking about um, staying in that vein of how we just bring forth more kindness into the collective. So we have to allow, we have to have that permission, which again, would for me, if I were writing this recipe, I would just put step one, surrender. But since you don't like that word, we're going to go with allow and permission. <laughs> so that would be step one of this recipe of this cake. So uh, part three allow um i think enjoy oh i think that i think that people don't allow themselves to enjoy what they're doing and again i'm going to go back to something that was like a profound moment for me in my life my professional journey was doing the, sh the show crossing over and I, I i didn't enjoy it you mm. know and i i i did not i knew the responsibility of it Mm -hmm. And I did not take that lightly. And I fought for that show to be what it became and to allow it to be authentic and real and have integrity and not become bastardized and become a TV show. And you know what? Maybe if I would have gotten out of the way of it, it'd still be on the air today, but it wouldn't have been real to me. Like I wanted it to be an event that was televised. Like if somebody came to a live event, it was just like that. Not that it was like slick and produced and, you know, where people could poke holes at it more than they were going to already poke holes at it. So for me, there's a lot of pressure on it. And I remember when we came around the third season and they were contemplating picking it up for a fourth season, I remember thinking like, please let it go. Please let it go. Please let it go. I want my life back. I want my life back. I want my life back. And then they picked it up and I was at LAX airport at baggage when I found out that they would do, they picked it up for another season. And my wife literally looked at me and said, oh my God, who died? And I looked at her and I went, what? She goes, clearly somebody died. Who died? So when I got the phone, I was like, no, nobody died. She goes, what's the matter? And I would go, oh, no. I said, that was the studio telling me that they picked up the show for another season. And she literally looked at me and she like furrowed her brow. And she was like, you should be really appreciative of the opportunity that you have. And I go, I am. I am so appreciative of the opportunity and the responsibility that comes with that opportunity. I said, but for me, the person, I'm, I, I want my life back. Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, I, I, I understand that. Because we went from, you know, being able to go out anywhere to not being able to go out anywhere. Um, you know, it, it just became like, I wound up getting shared everywhere. And with no boundaries, like people did not have any boundaries because they felt like, well, this is how, this is what you do. So like, do it now. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. And they were like, no, this is what you do. Do you know, do it now. I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry. So I would say, Missy, going, I, I would want to go back and enjoy the crossing over experience better. Like if the me today can go back in time, I would say, hey, enjoy this ride. You know, it's going to last about four years. And then it's going to change the way millions of people think about your field. And it's no easy feat. So you should enjoy the process while you're doing it. And I, and I didn't. So I can reflect, I can reflect on that and say, I try now that when an opportunity presents itself to me, to me I, I want to say, one, do I want to do it? Two, mm -hmm. do I have to do it? Three, am I going to enjoy doing it? Yeah. And if I can't check off those boxes, I say no.
I love that John today, present day John, is validating and appreciating then John and trying, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, I love that so, moment. <laughs> Missy, let me tell you, there was a uh, there was an there was an Evolve member that came to an event. I want to say North Carolina many years ago. And she said, she knew that I was a fan of Doctor Who. And if you know the show, Doctor Who, he's a time traveler and he's a British 60 year old series. And um, they've gone through many actors playing the role, but he basically travels in a blue police box. And every place he goes, he kind of basically solves humanity issues. So knowing that I was a fan, she said, if the man in the blue box landed on your driveway and said, get in, where would you want him to take you? So I think everybody, including her, expected me to answer like really quickly, like, I want to go here, you know? But I took the question so damn like seriously that I said, can I, can I get back to you on that? Mm. And she was like, yeah, well, it took me like well over a year, maybe even two, to actually write a newsletter about it. And I took it so seriously as an exercise. And I really advise people like, if the you of today can go back to a, a period of time in your timeline, mm -hmm to experience something like where would it be and that's what I did you know I, I sat in the car with my my aunt and I said to her like part of me wants to go back and try to stop my mom's cancer I said but then if I did that then that would have stopped the trajectory of all the rest of the stuff that happened where I helped a lot of people so like I don't know is that being selfish I go it's being human I go then I go I, I get sad and melancholy sometimes watching old family video I go, so maybe I'd want to go back to when you guys were kids. Like my mom was one of 11 kids. I go, maybe I can go back and handle that part. I can go back and watch you guys as kids. I go, but even then I think that might be hard. Then I thought about historical moments and like, you know, moments in the, in the future. And then I got really, really, really settled in on an experience. And the experience was being in Hershey, Pennsylvania with my daughter in 2013. Um, and it was very reminiscent of a family trip that I took with my mom and dad to Hershey, Pennsylvania. When I was a kid, we, that was like our family trip. We would always go to, mm -hmm. and my dad had an alcohol problem. And there were a few times on those trips where he would basically check us into the hotel and then he would check out and it was me and my mom. And I remember very clearly as a little boy being scared because I saw my mom, the strong woman being so scared that she was, you know, alone with me and disappointed because we couldn't go to the park or all of these things that you would hope for your child that you would be able to do. She was now one, not able to do, two, afraid to do, three, probably didn't have any money on her because um, we wound up spending most of the time at the pool, um, four, you know, not sure how we were getting back to New York. Like all of these things were going on that I could sense and feel. And I remember, um, leaving that pool that day and my mom just like turned around and kneeled down in front of me and she was very emotional and she said I I'm really really sorry that this trip is not the trip that we had talked about and I'm really sorry that we're not doing this and we're not going to the park and we're not blah 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 and that whatever you know daddy that daddy's whatever you know took him away or blah 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 and I remember can I can I say it I could say anything on here right anything Okay, so I was probably about seven years old, and I looked her right in the eye, and I went, fuck him. Oh. And the, the startled look in my mom's face, which was like, wait, what? Like, like yeah. she couldn't, one, the complete and utter disrespect that I said what I said. 
too, the fact that she wanted to laugh. I could see that as well. But what I remember in that moment, Missy, was being a scared little boy trying to be strong for his mom and not sure about what was going to happen in the future. So that was the moment I settled on. That's where the blue box would take me. And the 2013 version of me would get out and would walk over to that little boy and say, hey, it's going to be okay. And you're going to do great things. And this is just a moment. And I think all of us need the future version of ourselves to go back to the past versions of ourselves to say, hey, it's okay you did that. It might have been wrong, but it's okay you did it. Did you learn from it? And how can we shift it? How can we change that? How can we make a left instead of a right? And how can we understand that, you know, people were just doing their best and yeah. that, you know, like, and then you can release a lot of that. Well, the way that I got to this place was I was on tour in Pennsylvania and I was with, you know, Katrina that works with my office, my aunt, um, my daughter was with me and there was a big business thing that came up and they demanded that I had to talk to them at that moment. So what I wound up doing, ironically, was leaving Olivia in the park with my aunt and my cousin, going back to the hotel, doing a call. The call did not go well. I remember getting really angry and frustrated. And then sitting in the hotel, I recognized that the universe replayed my past where I was the father who left the kid in the park. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Talk about patterns. So I got back in the car, went back to the park, found my daughter, and I took her on a um, on a ride. And I just said, I go, I have to have a conversation with you, which was like always code for, you know, me with the kids. Like every time a conversation happened, they knew like we were going to discuss something important. And I told her this entire story. And she like looked at me and she said, Daddy, it's okay. You're not your dad. And I go, you're right. I'm not my dad. I should have known better. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, a healing happened. I kind of feel like the me of today went back and healed the little boy of then who then came back and empowered the little girl that was in my, in my present. And I never took that. I never took that question lightly. So I think that when we look at humanity, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big topic, you know, but you got to start your own. You got to start with how do you heal aspects of yourself? How do you forgive the people in your world, right? That might've done things that put you in bad positions for you to evolve and grow so you can go back to your own timeline. So, I mean, for anybody listening to that, I think, I think if you could find the, you know, if you can get into the time machine and travel back somewhere in your timeline, how do you navigate that? That's, that's, a wow. Thank you for sharing that really beautiful, intimate story. My goodness. And Wow, where did you learn to give yourself grace like that? I think so many of my clients I see, we first of all, the bulk of my work is that right there. And I call that inner child or core wound, um, where we go back and find the point where it began, where you got that belief, where you got that fear. Like we just love the kid right? It's just sending love to that moment and going, it's okay. I see you. I hear you. I validate you. You matter. This matters. Giving that empathetic witness. Dr. Peter Levine is a uh, trauma 
uh, uh, I believe psychotherapist. Um, and he talks about how trauma is not the thing that happened to us. It's, it's what we store inside of us and the lack of an empathetic witness. And so while trauma could be different for anybody, you being left, your mother being left there at the hotel, that thing that she stores inside of her as a result of, of, as a result of the lack of not having that empathetic witness to go, it's okay, hon, I know this is hard. You've been given a bad, you know, hard hand and, you know, just that reassurance and that compassion, bringing that love and compassion. So, so many people don't learn that. So where did you learn to give yourself grace like that? It was very, very blessed to be, you know, born into the family dynamics and the relationships and the people that kind of seasoned me mm -hmm. on the earthly plane. And I, I think that doing this work starting at the age of 15 mm -hmm. um, and having a reading at that young age, being a real sarcastic, skeptical sophomore in high school that was just like questioning everything, like to the point of you know, my guides must have been like, oh my God, are you sure? Like, this is the guy, like, we got to work with him. Like, yeah, can we get somebody else? Because this this one's like thick. Um, they were like, can we please get a reassignment? Yeah, like, you know, this, this guy's not easy. Um, and I'm not, and I know I'm not. Um, but I think all of that, and then having them, and I say them, and I, you know, before it was cool to have pronouns, I always had a, a they and an us kind of vibe about about me we people be like who's we and I'd be like what and they go you just said we but you're like one person like are there multiple you's and I would like laugh and then I'd have to decide like oh yeah like do I need to explain them and I go oh you know sometimes I just say we I get my pronouns mixed up you know or sometimes I would tell people like well you know I have a team of energies that I work with and you know they at the time I used to call them the boys. I go, so, you know, it's me and the boys. So it's, it's a, we, you know, we are a, we, and they would look at me like, okay, he's batshit crazy. Um, but I, I think from working with them, Missy and, and learning and, and um, I truly believe in what I call the universal slam mm -hmm. S L A M. And I believe that with um, empowered connections and knowledge, you're held to a higher kind of curve. So therefore, there's not a lot of wiggle room when you're on a certain path and you have to kind of, you know, you got to follow the rules energetically. Yeah. And I've been following those rules since I'm 15 years old. And I feel like whenever I would either mostly unintentionally make decisions that were very basic human personal side issues, I would get slammed and they would be big lessons. So it's kind of like, you know, you get burnt, you don't touch the stove again. So after having some of those big slam moments in my life, and they taught, I mean, big ones, like, you know, like big, big, big issues, but they taught me like, they taught me lessons. And those lessons um, kind of force you to, as you said, discover the grace in those moments. Mm -hmm. Well, but that's the thing though. A lot of people will, and I think this is where nature versus nurture comes in sometimes too, because sometimes Hey, well, I have to find the lesson here. But then the other half of the demographic will go, oh, well, I'm the victim here. So we find that there are those who, based on their nature, their nurturing, will go, okay, how can I take this situation and make it work for me? I learned that from my mother um, where I was like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to, you know, spin this, you know, straw into gold here? And then there are other people who just, they, they, 
Like they're just the victim of things. And it's not to say that bad things aren't happening, but they just like once down, they just stay down. So that's why I'm always so um, curious about how people find that grace to, to give themselves grace to go, you know what? All right. I messed up or, you know what? All right. This thing happened, but I'm not a victim of it. How can I move forward empowered? So I love that. Um, I love that so much. And I just want to say, I love, okay, here's the other thing that I love about you. I love how you're just real honest about yourself. You're like, you know what? Here it is. This is, this is me. Um, because let me tell you something. You, you know, I've been trying, you know, I've been thinking about this, um, you know, this, 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 inter this, you know, this time with you. And I was like, what are the adjectives? And I don't even know what the adjective would be for you because anybody who knows you knows how funny you are. You're silly. You're just, you're funny. You're good for a laugh. I mean, the dad jokes, you keep them coming. You keep them coming. <laughs> but I think on the outside, people might maybe wouldn't know that about you. Um, but what I love when I saw you live, um, you hold, and this is what I decided. This is what I narrowed it down to. You hold people accountable. And I think this is one reason why I like you so much, why we get along so well, because we have this particular thing in common. You don't let people get away with anything. You hold them accountable. In the South, we say, you know what? You might act like that at your mama's house, but you're not going to pull that shit here. And that's how I am with people. I'm like, that you might get away with that there, but here I'm going to call you out on your bullshit in the most loving way to hold a mirror up to you so that you can see what's really happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you do that. And I love that. That is hard to find because a lot of people, well, and a lot of people just don't even know how to do it. Well, I don't think, but you do it in a way that you're, you know, you're almost like, wait, did, did he just insult me? And it's like, no, he just <laughs> Oh. My daughter, my my daughter came to an event, and she said, and she hadn't been to an event for years. And um, at the end of the event, she got into the car and she looked at me and she went, "Well, let me tell you what I learned about going to work with my dad tonight." <laughs> and she's just really funny and sarcastic. So I was like, "Go ahead." And she goes, "You are like the Gordon Ramsay of psychics." <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> And I laughed. I was like, well, your mom used to call me Judge Judy. I go, so um, Funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And it's, again, it's not, you know, I was trying to think, okay, well, how do you say that? What's the adjective without it being like your, because your, your, your heart is pure, which I don't think you can do this, the work in the way that you do without your heart being pure, which makes me want to go back to when you were talking about, um, the show when you were talking about crossing over what it sounds to me like when you were describing it you were so determined is what I'm what I'm hearing you are so determined to keep the authenticity and the integrity of that show it's almost like when you were talking about it John it was almost like you were talking about one of your children and that's like exactly but that's how I refer that's very funny. It is very, very, very intuitively astute of you because um, I worked with another producer and she said, you know, I did all my research, blah, blah, blah about you. And she's like, okay, what do I need? What do I need to know from you? I go, just one thing. And she goes, what? I said, if we wind up working together, I said, you're going to have to protect the baby. And she looked at me, she goes, I'm sorry. And I go, the baby. I go, to me, the work is the baby. 
I said, and we have to protect the baby. I said, because it's that delicate, it's special. And we have to watch it evolve and grow. Whatever we create together is basically an energetic baby. Um, and that, that's what the work is to me. So I literally have that protective, um, nurturing, mm -hmm. I, I need to make sure that I allow it to grow and evolve mm -hmm. for the people that it's, it's happening to. But um, can we go back to the whole thing when you talked about finding the grace and, and how people can, find, can become a victim? I, I want you to know one other thing, and that this is where it's important for people to really find the balance inside themselves in their own sense of spirituality. And if that's working with a life coach or a priest or whomever it is to help them kind of be empowered, right? Mm -hmm. Not not enabled, mm -hmm. but em empowered, right? So when someone is working with a therapist or somebody that's forcing them to go back to them week after week after week, mm -hmm. um, that to me makes me uncomfortable, right? I'm not that person, I'm not a therapist, right? I, I don't wanna see somebody for, you know, if I read for you like a year. Um, but um, my guides are that for me. They are that that grounding, like psychic vertebrae that I feel like kind of align who I am. And on a, the morning of October 5th, 1989, when my mom died, so she died like four o'clock in the morning. And I had to go pick up a tuxedo for a wedding that I was actually in the bridal party. And my mom had made me promise that if anything happened to her, that my cousin's wedding would happen and go off without a hitch. And I was in the bridal party and I was going to honor her wishes. And so long story short, the morning my mom died, I have to go to a tuxedo shop to pick up my tuxedo. So I got in my car and I remember like my hands were shaking and I looked up at the window where she had just basically died. And I remember thinking like, nobody's going to ever care what time I come home again. And I was 19 at the time. And we're already, we were divorced from my, my, my dad, was living in my grandma's house. So I was like, like, n nobody's ever going to wonder where I am. Nobody's going to ever hold me accountable. Nobody's ever going to, it was like, there was no ceiling for me and the floor just dropped out. Um, and in that moment, my guides made this like very quick download. And mm -hmm. it was like, you have to make a choice and you have to make this choice right now. Do you want to be a victim or do you want life to be an adventure? Choose. And it wasn't like, you know, let me give you, let me, let me, let me sit with this for a second. It was literally like a game show. Like you have to pick now. And I was like, adventure. Because to be a victim didn't really feel like it was something that I wanted to subscribe to. I think if people could be more conscious about the choice, that would be really, really helpful. Because once you choose victim, then you start feeding that victimhood. And that becomes a, a bias, a, co a conscious bias, right? That you have, that you have to keep reminding yourself why you are that victim, which means you attract more of those patterns, which becomes more of those things. So I think if you seek adventure, then you start attracting more adventurous opportunities bigger. But I think it has to be a very conscious decision. So if you're not a me, you know, and can't connect with your team or your guides, if you're not a Missy and you're not empowered in the same way that she can be or help you, then maybe you have to do that in the mirror and kind of say, you know, no more. There's an astrologer from um, Australia, say that five times fast. Her name is Maggie Kerr. <laughs> and she gave us for um, the Evolve community a mantra. It's called the up until now mantra. And that is, I've been a blah, 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 fill in the blanks. And then you ended by saying up until now. Mm. And then you make the choice. It's very powerful. She'd be a great guest for you to have on your show. Oh, I love that. I, I wrote down her name. Maybe we can talk about that again later. 
gosh, okay, I'm like literally writing notes because like, first of all, and I'm one, I mean, look, we've been friends, you know, we've only been friends for a year, but my Lord, have we been through it together and like, like that year was, it was a lot, you know, there was a lot in that year. So I just, I don't, I'm not that person to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to hype you up and be like, oh, John, you're this and that. But damn, man, every sentence out of your mouth is like poetry. Like you, like I had to write down your guides are psychic vertebrae. Like what Shakespearean, like, where did you even, I'm just sitting here like, damn, I'm trying to, <laughs> I keep wanting to go back. Like I want to go back to, I just love that we have so much about and I love that it's flowing so effortlessly um but I because again this went I keep wanting to go back to just the way that you talked about the show and just going back I just keep feeling drawn back to the word authenticity and integrity because if we're going circle the wagon back to the recipe that we were talking about for the cake I think when you maintain integrity and authenticity, I just don't know that you can really go wrong. And by you, no. body yeah, and you, and you might not be popular, right? So I, I say this, I've been doing this work for 37 years. Yeah. When I tell you that in the 37 years, the four decades of doing this, I have seen it. I have been through it. I have watched it. I have seen people come out of nowhere with like celebrity psychic stuff like you can't even imagine that you know you, but they're like comets they like burn through the night sky people like watch it for the moment and then it goes away it doesn't have the um it doesn't have the longevity the, the, it doesn't have the longevity but it doesn't have the anchored in that energy for it to sustain Oh yeah. So, mm -hmm. so people see it as a comet and they go, Oh my God. So it's like, you know, it's the flavor of the week. It's the flavor of the month. It's the flavor of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and on a timeline, sometimes that, that burning bright energy can do damage too. So sometimes there's like, you know, cleanup in aisle five where you have to now answer the questions that people today on, on TikTok, somebody tagged me in a video where some psychic medium told this woman that her brother was in purgatory, was in a dark place, or I, I she went through a whole, she did a whole video and tagged a whole, whole bunch of people. Um, and I just like sit back and I'm like, listen, you know, those that can't make up stuff yeah. because nobody, nobody challenges it. Yeah. So it's like, that's why it's important to have the integrity so that you can say to people like, I, I don't know. Like people ask me questions all the time. I'm like, I have no idea. Well, why don't you know? I'm like, because I don't. <laughs> I'm like, we're just not going to make something up. I'm like, if I don't have the answer, I can't help you. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So our recipe for our cake, we have allow, we have permission to receive, and then we have to enjoy. Is there anything else you think that we should, I feel like we're just going to have to do this again, John. <laughs> like we're just gonna have to revisit this I feel like we just need to because it's just I don't know I love having these conversations just real and authentic and I don't know I just love it so is there anything else you want to add to the recipe I don't think I, I maybe just gratitude and you know and I, I said this to you when you came on Evolve but I'll say it here on your show for your listeners as well um, you know you and I connected a year ago because of your Limeade video um, and I cracked up laughing and then I watched another video of yours where you talked about your nursing background and 
how you didn't like a patient being treated in a certain way. And that struck a nerve with me because I come out of a healthcare background where I was on the floors working with patients and I didn't always love to see how people were talked to. Um, I didn't like how people were communicated with or how people would become, you know, uh, obtaining blood was the, you know, get the specimen. And I'd be like, great, that specimen's coming out of a vein attached to an arm, attached to a body, attached to a person, attached to a family. You know, like I was always that person. Um, and maybe because my mom had passed and then I, I wound up working in this field, it just gave me that extra kind of little bit way of looking at it. Um, I never liked the word expired used when it came to people and, and, and hospitals. And I understand that that's a word that would be used. But I think as a result of working in healthcare, that resonated with me when you when you do, when you do your healthcare videos. I mean, you're funny as you know as as anything, and your humanity bleeds through. Um, you're 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 real when you communicate because I wouldn't be talking to you if you weren't. I don't resonate with people who are like all like you know smokescreen. But um, I um, received a, phone, a a text from you, a direct message from you, and and part of that direct message was that you had had a dream, and it was about conquering into fear, something that I was fearful of, and you gave me all this information about this dream and I, I, I placed you like, I appreciated the message and whenever somebody gives me information, I never, I never blow it off. Like I always go to the place of like, okay, what does this mean? And why is it coming? And why today? And why this? And I did all my, my kind of, you know, things that I would do when never receiving information. And um, I talked to my wife about it and she and I were talking and I said, I think what Missy was picking up on was the fact that, I had this opportunity to do something that would be TV related again. And, you know, I embraced it. I conquered the fear. I did it. And, you know, now we'll see what happens. And Sandra's like, give me the wife look. And she's just kind of like, you know, it was the equivalent of, is that the tie you're going to wear kind of vibe? <laughs> like it was that kind of thing. And I was like, what's, what's what? She's like, I, I don't think that's what her dream's about. I don't think that's it. And I'm like, well, I'm not really afraid of anything else. Like, I was like, what? She's yeah. like, you're not afraid. She goes, you're not afraid of TV. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. She goes, you just don't enjoy it. And I went, okay. I go, but this time I made a promise to myself that I would. And she goes, and that's great, but that's still not a fear. She goes, you do have another fear. And I'm like, what? Because it really was like, I really wasn't, I wasn't getting it. So she said, you have a fear of, about being in public spaces and doing your work again. And when she said it, I was like, oh, God, that, e I, that was such a fear. That wasn't even on the table to even discuss. <laughs> that wasn't even in the room. Like, <laughs> like even, I wasn't even there to unpack that one. And, um, and carving it up on the table. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then it's like that reverberating thing that happens in your body. And I was like, I needed to sit with this. And then I, I went through all the people that I respect psychically, mm -hmm. right? The people that would give me information that would make me, you know, stand and, and go, mm -hmm. yes, I'll listen to them. And none of them, zero of them have a science or healthcare background. And I went, yeah, I would totally not pay attention to them. I would just think that they were not in, no, I would she's a nurse. So she's an, she's an intuitive and she's a nurse and she was the perfect person to get them to get me to pay attention. And, um, as a result of that, I actually, you know, jokingly say it came out of semi-retirement because I was only doing virtual things and, um, went back on the road and, and not as much as I would, but, you know, 
and you know me, I still know the virus is like worse than it's ever been and people aren't paying attention and they're not wearing their masks and, you know, we're going to see, but I, I will do what I can to make a difference because it's why I'm here. You know, the people need me to go to them um, and they might not do virtual. So I, I say they pick the perfect person for me to pay attention to because you're an intuitive who has a healthcare background. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Your guides are very persuasive. Um, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know that I had a choice because I, you know, I sat with it my damn self for about two days before. And this is basically how the conversation would go between me and my team and your team. I'm not fucking messaging John Edwards and telling <laughs> the hell you are. And I said, you got and like no we got the right one I was like you don't know and they were like yes we do I was like we just met and they're like nope known you longer than that and I was like so I argued with these people for about two days and then finally just like, on that third day he rose on that third day I was like you know what y'all got to go so let me just go on and deliver this message I was like what's the worst that can happen he's gonna block me okay I didn't even really know the guy before now you know what I lived without him before I can live <laughs> I was like going through my head, like, cause that's what I always ask myself before I do anything. I'm going to ask myself, what is the absolute worst thing that could happen? I'm like, well, you know what? He thinks I'm crazy and, and intrusive and rude and blocks me. I was like, can I live with that? And the question so in my mind, and I, I say, you know, now I say in my mind, that's the question, can I live with that? And my God said, you know, damn well, you can't it because if people need him and he doesn't go out there because you withheld information. No. And that's why I, the reason why I even messaged you was because of the people that I saw in the dream that needed you, that weren't getting what you deliver. And I did it for them. I yeah, have, I, and I have to be honest, Missy, I, I, if you didn't do it, yeah. right. And, and some, somebody listening to this might go, well, if he's so psychic, then why you like you know why why would he not get it? Well, yeah. the reason why he wouldn't get it is because I was strictly coming from a healthcare background. I worked in a laboratory, you know. I, I I've seen what comes out of microbiology. Yeah. Um, my my background is in healthcare administration and public health. Mm -hmm. So like when you put all of those things together, yeah. For me, I'm doing what's best for me and my family is keeping them safe. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So you mm -hmm. know, I, I I needed the blending of both worlds to kind of come in and say, hey, when would, what you said to me was, you're going to find a way to do what you do and still be safe. Yeah. And you did. And you and did. I did. And you did. So thank you. You're welcome. We have a few minutes left, so I just want to get to a couple of questions, if you don't mind. So, you know, I have, sure. so by the grace of God, this online community that has developed in the last two years that I've been on TikTok, this amazing group of people, this online community, and we call it the crew of Missy because you know, I'm from Louisiana. So we have crews and the Mardi Gras floats and stuff like that. So we, we decided to call ourselves the crew of Missy, the, the crew community. And I told them that we were going to be chatting tonight and they submitted a couple of questions that um, they would like uh, for me to ask you if that's okay. Just a couple of dives. Sure. Um, so my friend Brandy asked, she says, what is a message that you've received in a reading that you gave that really had an impact on your own personal life? So say it was a message you were delivering, but you were like, holy shit, that's good. I need to know that. Do you know? Yes. Um, it was reading for a woman in the, and who was a, was a young girl 
well, not, not too young. She, she was reading for a young lady that age is relative now, um, who had lost her mom. And her mom gave me a message that stopped me dead in my tracks on the stage. And that was, tell my daughter, I'm not her past. I'm her future. Oh. And I got really, really, really quiet because what she did was the mom showed me a timeline. So when you, when you read tarot, when you like work in energy, like, you know, there's a timeline and lines of probability. So like where we are today, if you put a line in front of you, like in the X is right now where we are talking, doing this podcast, anything to the left of that X is the past, right? The immediate past all the way back to the distant past, right? By age, it's like a timeline. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward is what's going to come up and what's written. And the mom was basically saying to me, I'm not her past. I'm her future. I'm where she's going. And that hit me so hard, Missy, because I was guilty of doing the same thing. If you would have said, where's my mom? And I'm a medium. Like I do this work for a living. I know there's an afterlife. But the human side of me, if you would have said, where's my mom? I would have pointed to my left all the way back on my timeline in 1989. Which meant that I was equally as guilty as being the same way her daughter was, which was putting her in her past. So there was that profound moment where it's like, I am not, like, they are not our past. They are our future. So if you've lost a loved one, they're not your past. They're your future. That's beautiful. Um, one last question. Um, Joni asks, do you ever receive messages in a reading during a reading that are just re really too difficult to deliver or are just really difficult in general? And how do you handle that? Do you get it and just try to be delicate or? No, I say everything. I say everything that I get. And as long as I say it, you know, when the, when I, I get the message across. I feel like if I'm getting it, there's a reason why I'm getting it. It's not so I go, oh, it's too bad for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's never, it's never about me going, oh, that's too bad for them. It's more about like, okay, how do I help them hear this? And plus, let's keep in mind, no person that does this work is 100% accurate. Yeah. So there's, there's room for interpretation, right? And what if I'm misinterpreting something? So like I use an example that I was in Minneapolis once and I was reading for a young lady in the audience who, by the way, looked like she was about 12 mm -hmm. and her, her brother had passed. And I said, your brother's coming through and saying he's sorry about the divorce. She made a frown. And I go, I know you look like you're like, you know, in junior high school. I said, let, let me help you. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. He's telling me the divorce is connected to Troy. I will never forget this. And she went, Troy is my husband. Oh, shit. And the entire room was like a high school classroom. Everybody was like, oh. And I literally looked at her and I was like, I am so sorry. I go, but I, I can be wrong. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, but I don't think I was if he was giving, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? If he was being that specific. Um, but that was like one of those moments where I was like, damn. Like, oh, if I could just like suck that right back in. <laughs> Put it right back on the shelf. And then I wanted to ask you, because I was sitting here like, because I really had this moment where I was like, oh my God, or what if we had those, you know, moments of like awkward silence, really, right? Me and you, like two talkers, like imagine not having anything to talk about. But I was like, okay, what would I ask John? You know, that what would just be something that, you know. And so I did come up with this one question. I thought, because, you know, I've done, you know, some interviews and, and stuff. And, and sometimes it doesn't always go exactly like I thought that it would be like, oh, well, that was interesting. They this or they didn't even broach this which is fine but it's just an you know an observation so I wanted to ask you what is something you've never been asked that you had hoped you would or something you were thinking were hoping would come up that didn't because you wanted to say it anything if anything at all 
Um, I think I can answer that in two ways. Okay. One, one professionally. Okay. Um, I, I don't think there's, there's been something go to that place professionally because I've mm -hmm. been asked so many questions. So some aspect of something's been, been, been covered on a personal level that has to do like professionally. Um, are you okay? Like, how, how are you feeling? Oh, because people don't check on the ones that they see as being strong. People don't check on the ones that they see as being the doers or the one nation. I remember I did an event in, in Long Island. It was like a 3000 seat arena. And I sold that like seven nights. It was a huge, huge Long Island event. And I had family and cousins and friends and ex coworkers and you name it. The green room every night was packed. I mean, packed before the event, after the event, and night after night, Missy, I watched people make their plans about where they were going to eat after my events. Not one person invited me to go out to where they were going. So one night, there I was after this big 3,000 person sitting in my kitchen eating Special K by myself with my dog. Um, another night, it was bologna sandwich. <laughs> I kid you not. And I didn't, I didn't say like, Hey, can I come? I just wanted to watch. Like, is anybody going to say, Hey, you just like, you know, did a three hour event of 3000 people. That was awesome. You want to catch a bite with us? They were just so like enthralled by the event and what it meant for them that it just never entered their mind. So wow. ask the per ask the person like, Hey, right. Which again, you fall, you fell into that category for me after I saw you at the event. You said, Hey, we're gonna get some get something to eat. Do you wanna come? I didn't I didn't forget that. I said I was not gonna cry on this damn podcast. I said the one thing I'm not gonna do during this <laughs> is cry. And John Edwards, I swear to God, if you make me break that promise to myself, because I <laughs> Beautiful because you told at that show, you told the story of how you were at a dance thing. You were at a yep, it was a dance, it was a um, it was an it was an Arthur Murray dance studio, and it was in August. And every they had like a, a, a cake that they brought out for all the August birthdays. And I was sitting on one side, right? And they kind of stopped all the dancing, the music lights came on. And it was like, come get a slice of cake, and nobody. Nobody there said, hey, do you, do you want to come down for a slice? And I'm like physically like sitting there like just like waiting to see if anybody's going to be like, do you want a slice? And um, I got off my, I, you know, I, I did it for like a minute. And then I got off the chair and like walked across the ballroom where everybody was hanging out and eating their cake. But as I walked across that ballroom, I was downloaded the information like this is what it's like for people in spirit. They're not always included in the you know, the subtle moments and how, how it's important for us to take the opportunity to do that. So yes, on the birthdays and the holidays and the anniversaries of their death and, you know, traditional cultural holidays that we might share. But what about Tuesday at 10 when you're just like, you know, in the middle of like writing a check out to your utility company? Maybe say hey, say hey to dad then too. That's really amazing. Um, I just want to also state for the record that every other week or so, I do text you to check on you, but I, I just to say hi at least. But the first time that I casually just, the first time after the dream and all of that, and like we became like, you know, closer friends, 
I want to just put up, but I want to let the record show that I texted you. I said, Hey, John, how are you? And you replied with, I'm fine. Why? And I was like, shit, man, my bad. Um, shit. Why? I don't know. God. And then it got awkward. I was like, God, man, I don't know. I was thinking about you, but like not in a weird way, but just like, in a, I wonder how my friend is. And now I'm questioning. All <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, John, why, why are you asking me? And you said, well, no, you, you now fall into the psychic category because it's like, if you ever want to laugh, just like have three psychics have dinner and watch their, watch their conversation. It'll be like, Oh, you know, how's Missy? Oh, she's good. Why would you get something coming up for her? What does she need? Like, what? <laughs> Oh, that is so, that is so funny. And I had no, and see, you know, cause I'm just, you know, look, you've been doing this a long time. I, a lot of this is so new to me. So I don't, I don't even, you know, I'm just missing. I'm just missing. And I just think, oh, I'm going to check on my friend, John, cause I know he's busy. You know, there's a lot going on. I just want to say hi. And, you know, cause, and that's the other thing, a lot of people, and I, I can definitely relate to sort of what you're saying you know, who's checking on the checkers, you know, who's, you know, I can look at my phone. I sit out going, Hey girl, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Hey, I was thinking about you. There's not, if I looked at my phone right now, I don't think there's any of anybody checking in on me probably of like my close friends and family. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm the checker. I do. I'm yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's why I think it's important to be able to do yeah. that. And Check in on those that are the, on the people that you deem as the strong ones who are always there for everybody else who, yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to, but I just want to go back to this. When you said you have that moment, like you in front of that window, you had that opportunity where you go, okay, am I going to subscribe to film? Am I going to subscribe? Nobody checks on me. Nobody cares. Am I going to, or am I going to subscribe to something else that says, I'm so glad I'm able to do that for people, or I'm glad that I'm there for it. So we even always, we have that moment to be, to make an empowered, to choose an empowered label. Am I always the one or, you know, and it's just every moment of every day, we have those opportunities to choose empowered consciousness. And um, I love that we had so much cake reference today. <laughs> it's all about the cake. I love that it came back to cake and yeah. So I hope that anybody who's listening, I hope um, you have a lot of empowered cake and that you know that there's always, there's infinite cake to be had. And if you baked a cake today and you weren't that fond of it, maybe the texture wasn't great. Maybe the icing wasn't great. You get a new chance tomorrow to make a new cake. You can make, you can tweak the recipe. You can add a little more love, a little more compassion, a little more hope tomorrow. And maybe that cake will be richer and it'll satisfy you and nourish you in a way that maybe today's cake didn't. I think that's important to remember. John, is there anything else you'd like to add, honey? What about, oh, your website and your social media stuff? Where do you want people to um, wherever they're comfortable checking me out at, if you go to John Edward, no S on Edward, johnedward.net, all my info is there. Okay, great. Thank you, John. Thank you for- Thank you. Collective. And um, yeah, and thank you for being a friend. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye.
friends. Thank you for being here and joining me on another episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you will subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a new episode. I would love for you to visit my website, www.nursemissy.com. You can sign up for free Zoom classes. You can schedule an appointment with me as I am a soul coach. Um, You can also check out my resource page. I also have a text subscription service that you can subscribe to. You can also find me on TikTok and Instagram as That Nurse Missy. Please remember, friend, that you lack nothing and you were not created to live a mediocre life. You run this, friend. See you next time.